Hello there, I'm Justin, and welcome to the Thursday episode of the Pickup Line this week. Uh, it is Thursday, so we're going to be taking a little bit of a departure from our Final Fantasy-themed episodes this week to do our Thursday pop culture roundup. On this roundup, uh, I'll be talking a little bit more about the recent developments on Westworld and the divisive nature of the most recent episode. Uh, continued impressions of one of my most favorite shows of all time right now, Dispatches from Elsewhere. Um, and maybe I'll throw in a little bit of first initial impressions of the first five hours of the Final Fantasy VII Remake. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Let's get into it. All right, so we're five episodes into Westworld, and we've only got three episodes left to go. So there's only eight episodes this season. A little bit disappointing, but considering the scope and, and, and you know, uh, expansiveness of these episodes, you know, you can't expect much more than eight. No, I'm okay with eight. But um, this most recent episode, episode five, uh, Genre. Um, I've seen reviews of this episode on both ends of the spectrum. I've seen folks saying this is an absolute masterpiece of modern television, cinema, filmmaking, and I've seen folks saying this episode was derivative trash. Um, and it's such an interesting thing to look at because when I first watched this episode, when I, when I watched it live Sunday night, um, my, my, as I was watching it, I was like, this episode is kind of bad. Um, it felt a little bit gimmicky. Um, I wasn't quite into what they were trying to do. It felt very piecemeal, sort of patched together. Um, the, 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 the different pieces of this episode just didn't feel like they were gelling in the way that I was hoping they would. Um, and it just felt kind of awkwardly paced and just weird all around. Um, and then I read some of the reviews and initial reactions and people were saying how brilliant the episode is and how it, it does so many interesting things like as homages and sort of throwbacks to cinema. And I picked up on some of that, you know, so to kind of back up a little bit here, the premise of this episode is that, uh, you know, spoilers ahead. If you haven't seen episode five, you know, tune out now. But um, the premise of episode five is Dolores has a plan. She has a master plan of what she wants to do once she gains access to Rehoboam. Um, the AI that has been built by Serac and his brother as a response to, you know, a, a, a typical villain kind of backstory. Uh, everything he knew and loved was taken from him. He spent his life designing something that would um, correct the course of human history, predict the future, essentially, and then recognize outliers who were potential disruptors of that future. And then those outliers would be able to uh, be removed from society or perhaps rehabilitated. We're not quite sure yet. We do get a glimpse of some sort of rehabilitation facility in this episode, but uh, it looks more like a like a prison hospital than anything else. Anyway, um, so that's the basic idea. Dolores has this plan. Um, her allies are on their way to help her achieve this plan. Um, Aaron Paul, Caleb is one of those allies, and um, they kidnap uh, Patrick. They kidnap Dempsey, um, Liam Dempsey the guy who uh, kind of has the keys to the kingdom of Reboham, and they are attempting to use him to gain access to the system. And as they're doing this, um, he, he kind of gets the jump on Caleb for a moment and doses him with a designer drug called Genre. 
And this is where the episode kind of starts to get a little bit interesting because this drug is designed to kind of take you through different stages of film history and genre. Uh, and so as soon as he kind of, as soon as the drug starts to hit his system, we get kind of a black and white perspective of, of the show and we get this noir music and we're taken back to kind of like the, the silver age of cinema. Um, and then from there, he, he taps into some other genres like an action action genre. There's a moment of, of a rom- romance genre, horror at the end. And he kind of weaves through all these different uh, film genres. And each one is accompanied by a really interesting musical choice. Uh, for example, we get the, um, the Valkyrie uh, music um, from Apocalypse Now when they're doing the intense car chase scene. Uh, and we get the theme or the, the, um, the music from The Shining uh, at the very end in the sort of uh, on the beach scene. So there was a really smart and kind of interesting uh, tune in to like film and cinema history in this episode. There's interesting commentary, I think, here of the idea that the real world these people are living in is more fake than Westworld. Um, And I think we get more glimpses into that idea in this episode uh, because Dolores uh, releases everyone's predicted future algorithm from Reboam. She sends it all out to their cell phones and, and everyone sees their future. They all see kind of what they're meant to be and sort of what the predictive algorithm says is going to happen to them and society kind of falls apart immediately, which is also a weird shift. Like they literally step out of a subway station and the world is like on fire immediately after all this data gets dumped. Um, It was kind of a weird moment in my opinion. Uh, It it felt a little awkward and jarring. But anyway, I think it, it brought up this really interesting comparison and I think this that I think that this is the commentary that this season three is trying to get at is that this world of control and this world of you know the world that humans live in that's controlled by computers and machines and AI uh, it's it's peaceful yes uh, it's it's not chaotic yes but it's fake it's a fake reality it's a it's a reality that is controlled and predicted and you're just on a rail and there's nothing there's no living going on there and that's why uh, that's why Westworld got so popular was because that's a place where the elite could go to live again. It starts to really show us why William found such uh, refuge there. Um, to escape his, his world that was so fake, uh, he went to a world that was intentionally fake, that was so good at being fake that it felt more real than the real world. And so we're, we're, there's all these layers and layers and layers of like what really is reality, how can reality be changed, how can we perceive that change, and what does that change mean for human beings when our world doesn't feel real anymore and we try to seek out something that does feel real. So I think that's a really interesting sort of meta-commentary that the show is presenting. But uh, plot-wise, Dolores achieves her goals. She sets the world on fire a little bit. Um, the team goes out and they, they do their best to escape the goons and this, these cool, interesting chase scenes. And by the end, um, we see that Dempsey gets, gets murdered, gets shot. Now, we're not quite, I'm not quite sure by whom. Um, presumably one of the two accomplices with, with Caleb. I'm not quite sure. It was an interesting scene because, um, uh, you know, there was the, the, the angles and perspectives were a bit off. But I would encourage you to go check out IGN's review of that scene. They, they make some interesting... Um, interesting notes about what what they observed there and I I thought that the episode was I don't know the episode was interesting um after review after reading reviews after kind of reflecting on it for a little while I like it more when I first watched it I didn't like it very much um I've talked to some folks and some of them hated it and some of them loved it so it seems like it's a very divisive episode for sure um I'm interested I'm interested to see where else the show goes from here 
this felt almost like a mini climax. Um, Dolores, you know, taking advantage of this AI algorithm, accomplishing her goal. Um, I'm interested to see where we where we go from here. I'm interested to see who Bernard really is. I have a I have a sneaking suspicion that Bernard is also Dolores. Um, and kind of what is the end game of this season? Like, wh where are they headed? What's the goal here? Um, so we'll see. I, I do. I am kind of feeling that I miss Westworld. Like, it's not really Westworld when you don't have a park that you're in. Um, so I'm wondering if, like, I don't know. Are they going to pull the rug out from under us and, and make us realize that we're in future world this whole time? That, that the, the quote-unquote supposed reality that Dolores escapes to here is actually not the real world. I mean, that could be an interesting twist for sure. Maybe we are way, way, way further in the future time than we think we are um, on this show and, and this, this future that we're presented with here, which seems not so far off from our current future, um, is, is just another park within a park within a park. And then we just get into the whole Matrix conversation, you know, like the Matrix, another Matrix. Um, but we shall see. If they did that, I would be surprised, but yeah, it could also be intriguing to see if they were to do something like that. So we'll see. Um, I'm into it, though. I'm excited for this next episode on Sunday. I hope you are, too. Uh, let me know your thoughts and feelings and reactions if you have any. Um, and next, I just want to <laughs> praise some more uh, of my favorite show, Dispatches from Elsewhere. So Dispatches from Elsewhere is, is an incredible show. I've really not seen a show like this before. I, I, at this point, we're on about episode seven or eight, and I feel like every single episode now is like, okay, this is the end. I, I get it. They're wrapping things up here. This makes sense. This is a good conclusion. I guess this is a show is over. And then every single time it ends, they're like, next time on Dispatches from Elsewhere. I'm like, what? Like, it's, it's insane to see how this show keeps reinventing itself and keeps kind of like continuing its story along it's it's really wild um it's really wild and i'm and i'm fully into it it's a beautiful show about flawed people trying to find who they are trying to escape the doldrums of their lives trying to find the courage to move forward trying to find what it means to to live to be alive to take risks to fall in love to find friendship to find companionship to lose companionship like it's it's it just it just it's a brilliant brilliant show gorgeous music uh, plot twists abound. It, it, you gotta, you gotta sort of suspend your disbelief a little bit to really get into this show because it is a little farcical. But I love that about it. Um, I love how farcical it is. I love what they've done here in this show because they've placed you in this magical world, but in that magical world exists in the middle of something mundane. Um, and I love that. I love that idea. That's such a romantic concept to me that you can find magic in the most mundane of things. I want to believe in something like that. And this show does that for me. Um, it's a beautiful show, well acted. Um, and I can't, I just can't say enough about Dispatches from Elsewhere. Please go watch it. 
Uh, it's just it's just amazing, and I'm and I'm so excited to see where they take it from here because I just I honestly am surprised in every episode. Like, where else could this thing go? What is actually going on in this show? It's really intriguing. Um, so check it out. Dispatches from elsewhere is just awesome. Um, go watch it. Last but not least on this Thursday pop culture roundup are some of my initial impressions after the first five or six hours of the new Final Fantasy VII Remake. The game is brilliant. There really isn't much else to say beyond that. Um, they've not just remade or remastered this video game, they've, they've redone it. They made a new game. They've taken the core fundamental elements of Final Fantasy VII and they've built an entirely new world and game around it. I'm absolutely stunned at the way that this game creates its world. Um, it was It's so amazing that they've been able to to shock me in that way again with the same game because this is exactly how I felt when I played Final Fantasy VII for the first time in 1997 on PlayStation 1. When I watched the game play out and I looked at the pre-rendered backgrounds and I, I felt the scope of this world so heavily, I was, I was just sort of shocked by it. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And I feel that way in this game. The way that they've created Midgar and made the scale of that city look so oppressively huge in the in the background work and the sort of like the the, the the backdrop of the game it really stands out to me as something special and amazing um, it's just an incredibly detailed and well-built world everything feels alive and vibrant and real and solid um, the the way that uh, so I, I've gotten sort of into the part where I'm starting to develop the 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 team the uh, the reconnaissance team you know Jesse and wedge and Biggs and uh, and like it's such an amazing thing they've done with those characters because, like, I, I love Jessie. Like, she's awesome. And it's going to be interesting to me to see how that plays out, like, later when we get to other, like, female characters in the game who are already kind of placed in my memory as someone that I, like, really love and remember, like Aerith. Um, how is that going to be? Like, am I going to love Jessie more than Aerith eventually? So, like, it's really cool. Like, I, I love what they're doing with the side characters, developing them. The acting is amazing. Just, like, it's, it's just a really, really well-rounded, well-developed story. Cloud is awesome. Like, his character development's incredible. There's new characters, and there's all sorts of new things that are happening in the game. So the story is really wild. Like, it feels brand new. It feels like a brand new game, but, like, with these kernels of nostalgia that I remember from the original Final Fantasy VII. Add on top of that an absolutely awesome battle system that's amazing and fun and in-depth and really cool. Um, I just got to the summoning, I just got some summoning materia and I gotta say I love the summoning system. The way that it kind of like kicks in when you need it um, and then you kind of have to wait for it to build up. I think that's a brilliant design decision, that sort of building up of your summon creature and waiting and seeing the bar fill up and waiting for that moment when you can bring out the summon avatar is, is awesome. Um, it's a little bit challenging too. I did die once, and you know, I had to restart and try again, and I was able to get through it and stuff. But um, you know, it's it's strategic, it's challenging, it's hard. The characters are great, the graphics are amazing. I mean, it's the whole package. It's really a brilliant game. Um, and you know, a lot of people are kind of upset that it's episodic and it's going to be released in parts. But I'm I'm happy about that. I think that's going to be cool to have Final Fantasy like this over the next five or six years or however long it takes to get the whole thing done. It'll be really fun to look forward to the next part every couple of years or so. Um, so I'm pumped about that. So first couple of hours in, I'm not that far in. I know a lot of people are a lot further than I am, but so far it's amazing. Um, I'm really digging it. It's been really fun looking back over Final Fantasy this whole week and, and kind of think, rethinking about it all. And so yeah, Final Fantasy VII Remake is incredible. Um, 
pick it up if you haven't yet. It's worth it. It's it, even if you don't, even if you never played the original, like it's a brand new game. It's like a just like pretend it's not Final Fantasy VII. It's an amazing, an amazing brand new Square Enix RPG game um, that you should absolutely play. Uh, so check it out. I'll be back next week, perhaps on next Thursday or Friday with some more impressions. But so far, I'm digging it and I'm loving it. Thanks so much for hanging out today on the pickup line. A little bit of a shorter episode today, um, but we'll be back tomorrow with more. Thanks so much, and I will see you next time.